2: My name is Amos. I'm one of the lead pastors here at the Vineyard. I'm going to be joined by my wife, Allison, Tyler, and Emily this morning because it's Vision Sunday. Uh, I think Vision Sunday is especially important and relevant because of how difficult 2020 was and now how uh, 2021 has brought us into another year with a lot of... I think I'll use the word trauma, but I am I am deeply troubled by the chaos that has been going on uh, in our country, uh, especially at the Capitol. Uh, I am also troubled by the wake of, oh man, what I see on social media, which is hostile and think prejudiced often. What I mean by prejudiced is by seeing what a few people do and then applying it to a whole group of people and even sometimes hateful. And so I ask for a little bit of grace today as I share a few thoughts and as we transition to Vision Sunday because I find myself largely speechless in what is going on in our country. in our world right now. And so I want to start by reading from the book of 1 Peter. And this is written by one of Jesus' very dearest friends and the apostle, or the disciple to which he says, on you, I will build my church. So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. All of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. A few reflections I want to make on that passage, on words that we actually believe were inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, 2,000 years ago, but uh, very relevant to today, are first of all, That we all need a strong dose of humility in all of life, but I think especially now. Humility because it is easy to point fingers and cast blame when I think part of the problem is inside of our own hearts. Second of all, that God is king. Uh, Jesus is the one who sits on the throne of the universe. No one else. And it is in his kingship that we can find a foundation. It is in his power that we can find comfort and hope. But thirdly, and this is not new to people who follow Jesus, but the acknowledgement of the reality of real spiritual evil And that evil actually is personal in what this passage calls the devil. Satan sometimes is the name given by Jesus and in other parts of the Bible. Uh, The evil one is very active in our world. And I am reminded of the words of Rich Nathan, who is one of the more prominent people in our vineyard movement who said that chaos is always a sign of the demonic. I'm not calling people demonic. Uh, The enemy is the enemy. People are not the enemy. And sometimes the enemy works in very overt and obvious ways through chaos. But I think he also works in subtle ways. He works through spreading of lies. And of course, the dangerous thing about lies is that lies are often believed. And so he works through self-deception. He works through our ability to twist the truth of our own uh, self and of our own thoughts so that we believe those lies. He works through fear and hatred and prejudice and racism, which I think is more subtle uh, often then overt. Uh, he works through addiction and in all kinds of other ways of bondage or slavery. Uh, and he is trying to work in us. I think what we're going to talk about today is relevant because first we want to identify and uproot the sin in all of those subtle forms that wants to take up residence in our own hearts. But second, we want to become the type of people that stay faithful to Jesus in times like these. And I think these are really complicated times, and it is easy to oversimplify, but we are called to be people of love when we are confronted with hate, and we are called to be light in darkness and to be people of peace when it seems like chaos is in control or in command. We want to answer the question, how can we actually show up like Jesus would? How do we show up as Jesus' followers? How do we love our enemies when the common or the easy thing to do is to hate our enemies. How do we, when the natural thing is to repay evil with evil, repay instead evil with good? And when the easiest thing to do when you are insulted is to repay insult with, with insult. But again, these are the words of Jesus. He calls us to repay insult with blessing. How do we act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly? And when I try to answer those questions, it's, uh, or I'm, I'm drawn to the life and the words of Jesus. And that's what we will return to uh, today. But that's, that's what we build our lives and our church on. And when I see the life of Jesus, the places or the time that he invests the most in are a group of people. He prioritizes people, specifically a small group of 12 men and a few women, but also inside of that small group, there are three men, Peter, James, and John, to whom he uh, goes deeper, or you might say, invests more intimately uh, with or in those. And so while this was stirring in us before, this this vision for what we're going to call tripods. It's actually rooted in the lifestyle of Jesus to find people, a small group of people, three or four people that you're going to do life with in really intentional ways. Some life groups are structured to have these breakout times where you have this time and space to go really deep. But I think, and I find this to be to have been true in my own life, like I am flourishing. I am in alignment with the ways of Jesus. I am finding joy and I am finding friendship when I have been intentional about identifying a small group, a, a tripod. Again, we're not legalistic about three. Try kind of in, involves three, but like three or four people that I meet with once a week. Maybe it's at Panera. Maybe it's on a walk. Maybe it's at the church. Maybe it's at, at a you know, some lunch place or some coffee shop where there's some not just intentional friendship but intentional movement uh, to grow in faith where I can share vulnerably and honestly and people can know me deeply. And so that's going to be something that we will talk more about in the coming weeks. But I, I want to encourage you to think about people you would like to deepen friendship with and take some movement toward in, like, sending out a text maybe and say, hey, that that thing that they're talking about at the vineyard, the tripod thing, what's your availability like? I'm wondering if we could get together and and just do life together. There doesn't, like, need to be content in this. If If you're following Jesus together, the idea is that, I mean, there are questions that can be asked, that you can ask over and over again, but also, like, there's a There's a relationship with God that flows out into relationships with others um, that is, I'll just use the word formational. Like it actually, the idea behind these kinds of relationships is that it forms us to be more like Jesus so that when we face times like this, we actually have a framework and a structure and support and people to navigate with. It's not good to be alone. The other thing that we see in the life of Jesus is that when there was, let me me put it this way, he lived in a time where violence was actually really normal, where the government was really oppressive, where rioting was actually pretty commonplace, especially in Judea and Jerusalem, where they didn't like the Romans one bit. Uh, And there were installed governors and judges and people that, like, would hang you on a cross if you disagreed with them. So the question is, what did Jesus do when these riots were taking place? He went around, visited different cities, proclaimed the kingdom of God, healed the sick. Uh... Brought good news to the poor. He did everything he could to free people who were imprisoned to addiction or to demonic forces uh, who who needed him. He went around looking to bring good news and restore relationship uh, to of people with God. And so I think that continues to be our mission. We are people of good news, and another way that we can do that really practically is through outreach, and we've actually assembled a team of people uh, to think about how we can renew uh, our church's energy on outreach this year. Those people are Ed Murray, Shane Hess, Tracy Richter, Steph Austenot, uh, Tyler, Emily, and myself, and so, for instance, the Uh, The pictures that were taken over at West Vincent was kind of birthed out of one of those meetings. And so stay tuned on how you can, like, make outreach, uh, how you can serve people who are different than you, a part of your, like, rhythm of life. Uh, Something is cooking in Pottstown uh, with the warming center that's just started there and if you're like paying attention to four corners that's a good place to kind of see where there's momentum so this this month we're raising money through our four corners offering which is to remember the poor in uh helping like buy food for people who are homeless and spending time uh, in that warming center overnight and so i i just as i invite emily allison and tyler up to join me and as they talk about, like, the different things that the church is doing from a vision level, um, I, th- I think the events of this week, come, 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 nobody wants to join me on the stage. Um. Like the, the church is just really important. <laughs> like the message of Jesus, there's there's no more important message. You don't over, you actually don't overcome evil with evil. Trying to fight evil with evil just makes more evil. Uh, the world needs Jesus, and the mission of the church is to love like Jesus. And so, whether we're talking about worship or formation or youth or kids, this is what we're all about. This is the kind of life that we want to build uh, in ourselves and in our church. And so I'm going to pass off to Tyler now and let him speak about worship.
3: Hello, is this on? Is it on now? It is? Oh, great. Great. Hi, guys. (laughs) My name is Tyler. If you don't know me, I'm the worship and youth pastor here at the Vineyard. Um, And yeah, I mean, thank you, Amos, for talking about all that stuff. Um, One of the things we really want to focus on this year, in particular for worship, is actually going to be tied to the outreach uh, that we're working on here at the Vineyard. And and. Full disclosure, we don't know what that actually looks like yet. That's something that a group of those people, we talk and we bounce ideas off each other, and we come up with some really creative ways to be able to serve communities in need around the church, which is what we're here for, right? Um, and figuring out how worship fits into that is a little bit of a challenge, but it's a challenge that we're going to tackle this year. You know, whether it is kind of pop-up worship um, bands like I know Ed Murray gave us that idea and and it's actually a wonderful idea you know Um, whether it's that or something else that we can serve our community with as a worship team um, either using the talents or not we'd love to get together in 2021 and be able to do that Um, and actually one thing I want to share as we look back on 2020 um, I think I can pretty easily speak at least broadly about the year in, in the fact that it was hard, right? 2020 was a long year. It was a difficult year. It was challenging in so many ways. Um, and speaking to my own life, uh, my own experience of this past year, I've actually spent a lot of time in my home with just my guitar and just singing songs, you know, whether it's a worship song, whether it's, like, a pop song. You know, I actually love learning and singing pop songs. It's, like, a guilty pleasure. Um, whether it's that, whether it's singing, like, a prayer or something that I've heard or read over and over, or it's just playing music and not singing and just being in that space, right, that that worshipful space. Those are movements of the heart. And, and actually, John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, uh, If you've ever heard his stories of when the vineyard was first getting started, you'll hear stories of good friends in a living room sitting together playing one chord for 45 minutes as they just sing Lord, right? They just sing the word Lord, and the Holy Spirit was there. And there's no reason that that can't happen now in in your own life. And, And I know some of you, you know, you might not play an instrument, and that's okay. You can go home, and you can put on any music you want. And worship to it. It's actually one of the beautiful things about Jesus, right? He meets us where we're at. And in this past year of spending so much time doing worship that way for my own heart, I remembered when John Wimber said, you know, worship is the heart of the church. Worship is the heart of the church. And I think, uh, you know, we've said it a few times, but more often than not, you're gonna walk out of this building uh, with the songs that we sang on your mind and not necessarily like the long Bible verse. No offense, Amos. But that's the way that we work, right? That's the way we're wired. These songs are something that connect to our heart. They connect us to Jesus. And 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 it helps, it, it kind of like meshes that lifestyle into us. And so in this past year of of doing worship in my home with my guitar, I was just reminded how incredibly important private worship is. And so in 2021, I really want to call uh, both the worship team, but actually also our entire church. It's almost like a call to action of let's try to do some private worship a little bit more. Let's try to sit uh, maybe even in silence. Let's just put on some music that we really enjoy. Maybe it's a worship song. Maybe we're just singing. No one's going to judge you. You probably sound better than you think, honestly. Private worship fuels public worship doesn't it I mean that's true with anything private anything fuels public and so if we can learn to build these habits of leaning into Jesus when we're alone in our homes how beautiful is it going to be when we do it together as a community here and you know obviously with COVID one of the things that we've had to lean on is technology and and you know, thankfully, we have some people in the room, and I know we have a lot of people at home watching, and that's a huge blessing that we have that, right? And, and in 2021, we're going to be focusing on trying to provide ways for private worship. So we're going to be trying to do a lot more worship nights. You know, maybe it'll be one person with a guitar. Maybe it'll be a full band. But either way, you'll be able to watch from your own home. You know, maybe you want to split up into separate rooms with your spouse and kind of do that. Maybe you want to worship together. There's no wrong way but these are opportunities for us to kind of provide private worship moments that can help fuel our public lives. And that is going to be so incredibly important. If it weren't for those moments of me playing my guitar in my home this past year, I would probably be a really grumpy person. I would probably not be the same person I am. And, and we all have those things, but I really believe that leaning into the Lord in worship is going to be something that can powerfully move you in the direction of him in the public space. And I mean, sticking on the same, I mean, sticking to me, I guess, uh, you know, another thing that I do here is I am the youth pastor. And uh, it's actually an incredible blessing. <laughs> I know uh, it's funny to say that. I think a lot of people would say, like, you work with teenagers. How could you say that? But actually, if you know our teenagers, they're amazing. The teens in our church are actually amazing. We have a few in the room, and, and uh, it is such an honor and a blessing to be the pastoral presence for them. And, and if you're a, a teenager in the room or at home, if you are a parent, In the room of either a child or a teen, you know that this past year especially was hard. It's hard, right? You had to become, as a parent, you had to become the teacher. You had to become the lunch lady. You had to become everything. Um, But speaking to the teens, I know that it's been difficult. In an instant, uh, you've changed your lifestyle, and again, it's a blessing we have the technology to be able to do things like school online or at home. But these are formative years for our teens, and and the switch, the radical switch to online and everything, has been difficult. Like I've heard you guys talk about it. You know, I've been there through those conversations. Those, it's hard. It's really hard. So, like even before I talk about youth, I kind of just want to praise our teens because. They've done an incredible job this year of, of just pulling through in a year that was so odd. And I'm proud of you guys, and I love you guys, and I'm going to continue to be here. And, and, you know, as things change, whether they open up or stay the same, we're going to keep on course. Um, COVID makes things a little difficult, right? And and you know that for youth, we've been meeting online occasionally, and then we come in person occasionally, and we kind of feel that out as as the climate shifts for covid and we're going to continue to do that um it's for the safety of all of you guys and, and your families and everyone around us um and again COVID has changed things right we we can't speak to a missions trip in 2021 right that feels so far away uh and and the winter retreat this year i'm on the, t- the team for the region that builds that we're doing it, but it's going to look different. It's not going to be we're going to a place and we're staying there for a few days. We're we're going to be figuring out how to do that locally, um, but together at the same time with a mix of online and in person. And so those are some of the things that COVID has kind of like a little bit forced our hand into. But we're gonna we're gonna innovate, right? We're gonna figure out how to make that work. Um. One of the big focuses I have for. You guys this year, as teens, I'm speaking to you, is uh, we're going to be leaning into spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines. Because we just talked about, right, how worship can be, private worship can wire us to be connected to Jesus in the public way, right? Uh, the same way, the same thing with spiritual gifts. Some of you guys, I've heard some of you guys say, like, well, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I can do, right? And that's Okay. I mean, some of the adults in the room, we still don't know what we're good at sometimes. And sometimes it feels like we're bad at everything, and that's okay. <laughs> but Jesus has wired us all individually different. And so we're going to be leaning into, you know, how did Jesus wire you? What are the things that you are, are called towards, that, the things that you lean towards in times of stress or in times of, of like, pressure? and figuring once you figure those things out once we work through those things and work through spiritual disciplines on how to build yourself up in Jesus right the way you know a lot of our teens know how to pray for someone but it's important to continue to think and talk about how do we pray when do we pray you know what is it what do we say sometimes we don't know what to say you know what does it mean to meditate When should you try to meditate? You know, it it, it doesn't, it isn't how we see in the TV shows, right? It's it's something different. And so we're going to be looking at all those things this year because we want to build a youth group that actually reflects our church. You know, I want to, we have a team actually of a few student leaders and a couple kids that have graduated that have stayed around that want to help build a culture at youth group that actually reflects our Sunday morning. We're going to have a small worship team. You know, we're going to have a hospitality team of kids that just love to serve other kids and and prep food. We're going to have a small prayer team of kids that can pray for people. And my hope, actually, is sometime this year, I want to be able to run a service with only teenagers. A Sunday morning service with only teenagers on everything. Tech, worship, uh, maybe even speaking. I'm just kidding. Um, He said that's fine. But wouldn't that be beautiful? A a, a youth group and and, and a teen group at our church that just reflects who we are. And so we're going to be leaning into those things and and equipping our teens this year with all of those tools necessary to figure out who they are, how Jesus wired them, and and how they can use that down the line, right? Like, I have so many conversations with teenagers where they say, you know, yeah, I want to learn that, but I don't want to, like, I don't think I'm supposed to be in a church, like work in a church. That's wonderful, actually. We need ministers in every job in the world, don't we? We need people who can speak truth and the love of Jesus as veterinarians, as lawyers, as mechanics. We need people who can do that. And so I want to equip our teens this year to be able to tackle whatever they're going to do in their lives with Jesus at the center.
0: Thanks, Tyler. I'm Emily, and I am the pastor of Vineyard Kids, and Jesus loves kids, loves them, and I'm going to be honest, I love kids. I love our Vineyard Kids. I'm so excited um, to be here and to be able to love your kids the way Jesus loves them. As we enter into 2021, our vision for this year is going to be worship, so tagging off of Tyler very similar to what he said about worship, is that we want to be um, teaching our kids how to worship um, and to have them engaging in worship, and that can take many forms. Um, So in the fall, we had two campfires um, at our big fire pit out front. We brought the kids. We did kid worship with them around the campfire, and it was a beautiful experience. So we want to continue that into this year Um, And just a special focus on worship. Of course, worship is not the only thing we do with our children. Honestly, if you watch Jesus, he values kids, he empowers them, he loves them, and he wants them to experience his love. And we want the same for our Vineyard kids. We want them to experience the love of Jesus, and we want them to live lives like Jesus. Um, So I got this really great text on Wednesday. And I want to read it to you. It's from one of our Vineyard Kids' moms. Um, and she says this. In light of this crazy day, I wanted to share a wonderful God moment from tonight. I had a meeting with Japan from 7 to 8. So my husband had to get the boys into bed. And then I tucked the boys in and said good night. After I left my son's room, he called out, Mommy, can you please come and read me one page of my Bible? I said, do you know where it is? He replied, yes. I keep it under my pillow with all of my very special things. It just made me so happy to see our Vineyard kids experiencing Jesus, whether it's through reading their Bibles or through worship or through prayer. This past year we had a special emphasis on prayer, and we're going to continue that on as well. We want our children to live and to love like Jesus and to experience him. So I hope you'll join me this year in 2021, loving our kids and helping them become more and more like Jesus. While I wish I could jump right in on our worship initiative, I need to share some news with you that I will be taking a three-month sabbatical from our Vineyard kids, Um, so from February 14th to May 8th, I'll be taking a break Um, doing this because I am finishing up my Master of Divinity degree, and so I'm doubling up my class load to get it done. Um, And so all the schoolwork and life at home is too much um, to continue working. So I'm taking just a three-month break. During that time, parents, especially grandparents, if you need anything, Allison's going to be talking about a special new initiative, a care network, Um, and you are more than welcome to put your kids through that network. So if they need some special love and care, you can use that. Also, our church has purchased a subscription to Right Now Media, and so if you haven't already connected with this digital online resources, um, talk to me. I'll get you set up, Um, but it has fantastic kids' resources, so you can go in there and have Worship every single day, Bible teachings, Bible videos, um, as often as you want. Um, So we have that resource available for you as well. And I will be back in May with a big smile on my face, ready to love and serve your kids once again.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Oh, So guys, I have a verse for you somewhere. There it is. It was hard to wrap my mind around how to speak to vision as as the pastor of spiritual formation, but the verse that I have just clung to, honestly, especially in this past week was Romans 5. Actually, the whole Um, chapter 4 and 5 is just stunning. So I would highly recommend that you check this out. But I just want to read to you Romans 5, 3 to 5. And it says, We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I think the thing that I want most badly for our church right now is perseverance, is that endurance, the ability to stay, to stick with it. And, you know, Amos and I came to the scriptures that we read this morning totally independent of each other. And you spoke about suffering in that verse. And this is this is right here that, that Paul is saying we are supposed to glory in our suffering. And somehow that suffering produces perseverance for us. And we have all had I mean, we've just been forced to become so familiar with suffering this year. It has been so hard and it will continue to be hard. There's just, there's a lot more hard coming. And I'm, I'm emotional about this because I think, I've just watched so many people let their suffering make them bitter, make them numb, make them resentful, make them aloof, and make them want to quit. And there's so much hope in this verse. The promise that God is giving us here is that there's actually a godly way to endure your suffering. There's a godly way to be present to what is happening in our pain such that it actually works something really beautiful and good out in our life. And that is what I want for us as a church. And this um, kind of progression here in this verse Suffering to perseverance to character to hope is so intentional because I think Paul wants us to know when you endure hard things over time you actually can become the type of person who is steady and maybe even peaceful in spite of any circumstance that comes your way. And it's that steadiness of character that actually brings us to a place of hope. And, and so I have said this over and over, but I just want you to know, you cannot catapult your way into endurance, right? We all know that it works that way in our bodies, our physical bodies. If you want to run a marathon, you cannot just decide one day to get up off the couch and go do it. There is so much intentional training to be done. And so I just I want us to be a church that knows like we're in this for the long haul. This is not going to be a quick fix. This is not going to be a 12-step program, even. It's going to be staying with each other through the thick and thin in the hard, challenging places, and training our souls to, to know what it feels like to have that spiritual endurance. And you know, I think people who endure are people who can see. Goodness, even in the midst of grief, in pain, in loss, in trial, we can actually train our hearts to see the goodness of God. And I just love that. It, in this verse, it says, "God's love has been poured out into your hearts through the Holy Spirit." So the Holy Spirit is with us. We're not going to do this alone. You know, our our mission here is to love like Jesus. And if you want to know, like, how do I learn to love like Jesus? I just want to say this morning, you can't do that by yourself. You cannot learn to love like Jesus by yourself because you will be stuck in your own narrative and you can tell yourself whatever you want to believe, whatever your truth is, and that will just get reinforced over time. Right? You also cannot learn to love like Jesus on social media. I I say this with so much conviction. Because... On social media, you can put your opinions out there without having to sit and experience the impact of your words on another person. You can cut and run. You can, you can drop a bomb and walk away. That is not the way of Jesus. We learn to love like Jesus together. We can do hard things together, but it has to be done in relationship. And the other thing I have to tell you, I'm full of lots of hard truths this morning, Um, is that the learning curve for loving like Jesus is steeper when relationships break down, when things are going badly, when it's difficult. We actually learn. We learn to choose. We learn to choose love in those moments, right? The church, the church is the place where you learn that when someone asks you to go one mile, you go two. The church is the place where we learn to love our enemies. The church is the place where we love or learn to receive forgiveness, to offer forgiveness. Like, you can't learn that at the grocery store. You can't learn that on Facebook. You can't. You can't. We learn this stuff in our families and in the church because I look out at you and we are the church together and we are made up of marriages and families and friendships and brothers and sisters and this is where we're going to learn it together, you guys. So, I so badly want us to be people who learn to stay. And you know what, again, we've talked so much about knowing each other and being known and how that is just at the crux of how we do relationships well. And when you hear someone else's story, when you can learn to make space for their experience, their pain, their struggle, you allow yourself to be influenced by that story and you become more compassionate, you become more empathetic. It's the only way that we build this. And if you notice yourself wanting to have a knee-jerk reaction to something someone says, or you find yourself just wanting to be really dismissive, my invitation to you is to look at that person, hear that person through the lens of this passage and through the lens of the, the truest message that we have, which is that there is resurrection on the other side of death. Like Jesus came, did hard things, he did them unto death, and then he rose again. There is resurrection after death. There is hope on the other side of all the conflict, all the sin, all the trial, all the chaos. That is what Jesus promises us. So that's what I want. For us, and I just want to real quick tell you two practical ways of how we're going to do this. This work of knowing and being known is so central to who we are as the vineyard. As, As your pastor, I want to equip us to be able to do the work of Jesus, which is a work of caring. It's a work of deep care and concern. And so I'm so excited to tell you that we're launching our pastoral care team And this is a group of men and women who have all discerned just a special call to sit in spaces of people's real lives. You know, we want you to be able to speak to your story, to name what you feel, what you want, and where God is in that with you. And so that's what this team of people are going to do. And I'm going to be working alongside them. Um, And this is just an extra layer of care. You know, our church is amazing at caring for each other. I have seen that. I know you all have experienced that this past year. Like, we're doing an amazing job of being there for each other. And this is just another way that we can do that. So really quick, I want to take a minute to introduce them to you. Uh, Some are in the room, some are not. So I'm going to throw their photos up here on the screen. Um, So the first person is Linda Cernick. Linda is in the house here today. Shout out to Linda with her lovely family. Um, so Linda has served in our church in a lot of ways. She's been back in Vineyard Kids. She's on Brew Crew. Um, and Linda has also been participating in the School of Spiritual Direction uh, through an organization called Sustainable Faith. And so she's doing this really great hard intentional work of learning how to help people find God in their story. So I'm super thrilled to have her on board. Um, Next is Rusty Miller. Uh, Rusty is a life group leader in our church. I know many of you know him. Um, He has some experience in um, pastoral care Bible classes in the past, but he also has really extensive experience leading a recovery ministry and has done that for several years, and has a huge heart for uh, people in addiction, down and out, um, just loves to come alongside them. So very excited to also have Rusty on board. And uh, next, Tracy Hess. Tracy's also a life group leader. You've you've seen her around the vineyard a bit. She's been um, helping with prayer ministry in really significant ways here at the church Um, And Tracy actually is also in training in chaplaincy school at Johns Hopkins right now. And so she's been working alongside of me as part of her pastoral clinical education to help launch this team. So we're also really thrilled to have Tracy on board. And then last but not least, we have Jan Miller. Um, Jan is actually the children's director for an organization called Community Bible Study but you probably know Jan because she's always with kids, right? If you've been around here at all, you know that Jan loves our kids so fiercely, and she's super committed to helping them have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. And so um, Jan will kind of be a specialist for us in the area of serving our kids and soul care, but also is happy to um, work with the adults in our church as well. So I just want you to all know this team's amazing. They are so passionate about doing this work. They've all done some training with me in the art of listening, and I just want you to know they are trustworthy. They love you. They won't do everything perfectly like none of us will, but we really believe in this process. And so, again, if anything, this last year has taught us that we've all had some some trauma in our lives. We could all benefit from You know, some time on the phone with one of these folks just processing what life has brought us. And so as part of launching this team, we're going to try to get a call to all of you just to check in and see how you're doing. So that is coming down the pipeline. The last thing really quick is marriage matters to us. We know that marriages have been taking a hard hit this year. Uh, To say anything other than that is just not true, right? All of us have experienced that that weightiness and you know unfortunately our marriage summit had to be postponed that we were ready to have at the end of March but the exciting thing is that we're actually teaming up with Kurt Attaway from Pearland. He's the licensed family and marriage therapist and pastor that was going to come out and do that conference for us. We're partnering with his church to do uh, three, um, three installments on Zoom basically where we're going to just tackle some tough topics in marriage so it's something that you do with your spouse Um, it's not just simply turning your computer on and and downloading some information but you're actually going to do some interaction and then we'll get to process together as a church so I think that's going to be really special there's more information we'll give to you to that and oh Amos wants you to know 8 p.m. I know that's maybe challenging we tried to get a good time where maybe your kids were starting to go to bed but if not maybe they can watch a movie while you do this, but please, please prioritize it. It's going to be great. Thursday nights, 8 p.m., we'll get you more info, and I'm done Talked long enough.
2: Yeah, so I just want to invite everybody to stand here with us a second. Allison, can you stay up here with me? I'd like to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And so if you can get into a receptive posture, maybe that means putting your hands out in front of you, but certainly um, opening your heart to God and what he wants to do in the room today. So Holy Spirit come. We believe in your power to heal. We believe in your power to lead. And even as we talk about what the church will do, and when we say church, we actually mean people, not the institution, but the people in this room and the people viewing online, we ask that you would enliven our hearts, pour your life into our hearts, and show us how to connect with what you're doing, Jesus. Uproot fear and give us courage. Uproot anxiety and pour your peace into us. Uproot hate and prejudice and racism. Replace lies with truth. Help us to find purpose. deepen our friendship with you and with others Holy Spirit
1: I also feel like there may be some of you when you hear the word endurance that that becomes um, a source of shame for you in the places that maybe you feel weary and you feel like you don't deserve spiritual endurance and and I just want to say that is not God's heart. Your position in God's family to receive that, that perseverance is not earned. So Holy Spirit, we really do pray that you would pour out your love into our hearts through your Holy Spirit so that we know that we are seen and known and chosen and given what we need to keep showing up. God, I pray for everything that we have named here this morning, that those would be fueled and infused by your spirit. We trust that these are things that you want more than we do, God. So would you bring your kingdom. God, I pray as we worship, as, as we sing out these words, that you would come and inhabit this space. that you would begin to do that good and slow work in us.
2: So now as we worship Jesus, we ask that you would like work in our hearts. I guess we believe that in worship we stand against evil in the world as we ascribe like praise and worth and value to God. We declare that what this world really needs is the presence of God moving in the hearts of people. And so again, we say, come Holy Spirit and have mercy on us. We repent, we turn to you, We take ownership of what we can take ownership of and say, we're wrong. We need you, Jesus. That is our act of worship. So let's sing.
1: Thank you again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church,
0: Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.